Okay, I want you like this, hands on your, on your knees, just lean forward a little bit, saying, okay, God, I'm ready, I'm leaning in. Yeah. Whatever it is you have for me this morning, I'm leaning into what you have for me. I'm leaning in to all that you have for me. I, I want what you've got, Lord. I want what uh, Pastor Gary's about to talk about to happen in my world. I want the lights to come on. I want, Lord God, your name to be made famous in this place, in my life, in my family, in my workplace, in my school. I'm leaning into all that you have for me this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I am going to give you a fair warning that some may find this message challenging. I've got to tell you, this message comes from my heart. I believe it's the Spirit of God that has, has enabled me to, to talk about this message this morning. Some of you may find this confronting. You may find it challenging. You may find it something very difficult for you to do. But I'm going to tell you this morning that God will enable you to do it. God is all over your life to be able to see things change. And the message title, if you're, if you're looking for a... Because I know that many of you will take notes because you won't want to miss anything that I'm talking about today because you'll be taking notes on your iPad, your iPhone, your Samsung, your, uh, your, your, your Westinghouse, your, your uh, Hoover or whatever it is else that you might use, your notebook. Um, you might like to uh, you know, just do whatever it is to take up notes this morning. So the message title is Lit Up to Light Up. <clears throat> Lit up to light up. That's the, the title of my message this morning. Proverbs 24, verses 3 to 4. Father, I just thank you for your presence. I just thank you for your presence right now. I just thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Proverbs 24, verses 3 to 4 says, By wisdom a house is built. Through understanding it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. By wisdom, a house is built. Through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Have a look around. Have a look at some of the rare and beautiful treasures that are in God's house today. If you could grab a mirror, I would encourage you to have a look at a rare and beautiful treasure that is in this house today. You are a rare and beautiful treasure in this house today. As I read these verses recently, I felt the Holy Spirit download to me a blueprint for us as a church. A blueprint for us as a church, for our teams and for our lives as well. See, if we're ever going to build anything of worth, we need a blueprint. We need a plan, a process that enables us to be able to do that. So our blueprint as a church looks like this, and they all start with P. There's presence, purpose, plans, place, people, provision, problem-solving, perseverance, and praise. The thing with this is, this blueprint is, it, it all starts with the presence of, the, of God. It must start with the presence of the Father. Everything needs to be birthed out of, fed and watered from the, the presence of the Father. Our vision as a church is to encounter God. In other words, we need to encounter His presence 
in order to do the things that God is calling us to do. It has got to start with the presence of God. In, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the very first uh, statement that we have in the Bible says, In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. In, in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, at the start of the New Testament, again, we have, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. At the beginning of the Old and the New Testament, we have this whole thing about that everything about our, the Bible, the Old and the New Testament, starts and begins with the presence of God. We have got to have the presence of God on us as a church, on us as believers, in our families, in our workplace. We've got to have the presence of God in these spheres of influence in our community. Our community needs the presence of God in it. Our community needs the presence of God in it. We absolutely need the presence of God in your street, in your community, in your house, in your family. Otherwise, the, the people that live next door to you will never know what it is that Jesus loves them or what the love of God is all about unless there's the presence of God in your home and it's spilling out from your home. Because I want to tell you some things today that are going to help you to light up. To, we are lit up to light up. You are lit up to light up this morning. If Father is at the start of everything, then everything, anything that we start will start with him too. As we start our day, as we start our lives, our families, our church, our prayer times, everything we are and do needs to come from the presence of God. The life we live is not our own. It's God's. You might think that you're living your life. No, you're living God's life right now. We are Christians living his life. He's called us. We are no longer our own. We have been purchased with the price. God bought us with his precious blood of his son. I'm no longer my own. I, the life I now live, I live in Christ by faith. Jesus knew this when he replied to his disciples. See, this is what I love about Jesus. There's a couple of guys that come to him and say, look, we, we want to see Jesus. We want to talk to Jesus so the disciples have a bit of a chat with each other and they come to Jesus and they say, oh, Jesus, there's these couple of blokes outside uh, who, who need to have a chat with you. He doesn't even answer them. He just goes on. This is what Jesus says to them in response to these guys standing outside waiting for us. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves this li his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice from heaven said, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. See, Jesus was, was here, he's talking about what his life and death would provide to this world and to his Father. To the world, Jesus provided a model for life. But to his Father, Jesus provided glory through his life. And that's the same for us. 
There's this, uh, this area of our lives where we will provide because of the love of God being exposed into us and, and shining in us and out of us that we will provide the world an example of what a changed life can look like that in the same moment we give glory to God through our lives and the things that happen in and through us. There's this whole thing that's going on. You thought you were just living your own life, your own way. You're going your own, uh, doing your own thing in life. But you're not. You're living God's life. We are called to shine His light to the people around about us and thereby give glory to God as a result of our lives today. Jesus laid down His life. He is the kernel of wheat that falls to the ground and dies that through His life other seeds would be given life. That's what he means when he says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. So if it doesn't fall to the ground and die, if that, if that seed doesn't hit the ground, if it doesn't uh, uh, just get buried into the ground, it's not going to die. It's not in an environment where God can breathe on it and cause other things to come out of that, that seed and thereby many seeds. See, you can always tell how many apples are in a tree, but you can never tell many trees there are in an apple. Think about it, because there's seeds in an apple, and you don't know how many apples are in a seed, but you can always see how many apples are in a tree, but you can never find out how many trees there are in an apple. And that's the same thing with your life and with my life. You can see the fruit of my life, but you can't see how much fruit there is in my life. You can see the sort of fruit that's going on in my life. You can see that, 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 that God's done something in my life. See, Jesus gave up his life that we would obtain eternal life for, for he, he would obtain eternal life for all mankind. Jesus became a servant that he might lead others. And what I love about this verse is, uh, is this, that we know that Jesus is talking about himself in relation to this whole thing about uh, the kernel of wheat and stuff like that. But he's also inferring, he's indicating to us that this is the way of life for anyone who follows in Jesus' footsteps. So he's saying, this is what my life is going to look like. It's going to look like a kernel of wheat that falls to the ground and it dies. But because it got, falls to the ground, it hits an environment that God the Father is able to breathe on, there's going to be much life that comes from that life. He's saying the same thing to us. If we will lay down our lives for him and live for him, he, God will birth something phenomenal out of our lives. God will cause life to flow through your life and my life as we die to ourselves. If we say to God, I'm living for you with everything I, I am. See, unless Christians die to themselves and live for Christ, then life stops with them. It's, unless we, we give up our lives, then life stops here. There's no, no continuance of what God wants to do through your life. But if we, we choose to hang on to all that we've got, if we become insular and we become isolated from what God wants to do in and through us, then the, that life stops. There is no flow. We become a dead sea. And there is no life in the dead sea. But in the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized, there is a flow. In rivers, if you look at the, where there's a flow, there's a, it has a, a, like the, where it's fed from uh, the rains and, and everything else, and it goes down and all these tributaries and stuff like that, it hits the open sea. There's life that flows in that river. But if there's, there, there's no outflow from our lives, if there's just a stopping up a dam that, that, that causes that water not to be flowed through, then life stops. 
There are no breakthroughs. There's no soul saved. There's no freedom. There's no life flowing through us. But if we lay down our lives for Father and serve Him, then life comes to those around us. Families get saved. Friends get saved. People around us get saved. Because there's a flow in our lives. We are allowing that, that our lives to hit the ground, to hit an environment, to be in an environment that God can use and just see life flow through it. By us willingly laying down our lives and serving God with our lives, others have the, the opportunity to receive life. And in doing this, we pave the way for others to receive eternal life by following our example. Jesus says in this passage, he says, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. See, <clears throat> with all that we do as a church, one of the purposes that we believe uh, are, are, are part of our, our, our call as Christians and as a church is that we serve. But we've got to serve out of the presence of God. We've got to serve out of the presence of God. Whoever serves me must follow me. In other words, it's about the presence of God. It's about the presence of Jesus in our lives that we're able to do what we're able to do. When we serve from his presence, we won't be able to stop from shining the light of his presence to those that we serve. You can't help it. That's when we'll get comments like, there's something different about you. I'm not sure what it is, but it's really, really attractive. What is it about you that's different? Why is it that I get beelined at a business group breakfast from a person who's a business leader in the community who says, you're the first person that I thought of that would be ideal for this particular... Why? Because there's a light shining out of my life. Because there's a light shining out of your life. People say those things to you. I'm sure that you've had comments like that because you're all amazing Christians and, and that you love Jesus and you're laying down your lives for him, every, you'd get those daily, I'm sure, more than I would. Not only does serving flow from his presence, but where we serve comes from his presence. See, it says, where I am, my servant also will be. How can we serve where Jesus is? How do we even know where Jesus is when we want to serve? This is why we serve from his presence. When we serve from his presence, we have him with us when we serve. This is how we fulfill what Jesus said, where I am, my servant will also be. It's about cultivating an awareness of the presence of God as we go about our lives. It's about making a conscious decision to be aware of his presence wherever we go. How do we do that? A simple prayer. Help me, Father. I'm about to hit the, uh, the streets. I'm about to drive my car. I'm about to do this. I'm about to do that. Just go with me, would you, Lord? Maybe start your day just reading a verse of Scripture. Maybe start your day singing a song of praise or worship. Like have, have your, your car radio cranked uh, certainly drown out the kids screaming in the back seat so it's, it's a great start right there um, so it's about cultivating this this whole focus uh, upon the presence of God it takes the focus off of ourselves and places it on him it, it helps us to to be aware of his presence as we go through our day 
See, my day starts with cultivating an awareness of the presence of God. When Jane and I visit people, we ask for an awareness of the presence of God as we go to visit people. Uh, on our way to a service or a meeting, we ask for an, an awareness of the Father's presence. Coming down Bolland Road, there would have been a glow in our car because we were the presence of God as we saw so Father saying, God, would you give us an awareness of your presence in this service we're about to lead uh, and be a part of as we come to church this morning? We do that uh, without fail. Uh, when we're on our way to a family function, yesterday we went and saw Jane's father in the hospital. Uh, we're going down there. Father, give us an awareness of your presence. We want to lay hands on, on uh, uh, Jane's dad and, and to see him here. We want to be an example to the nursing staff that are there of your life and love uh, acting and flowing through us. You know, in our connect group, we want and need the presence and awareness of the presence of God as we join together and, and, and become connected to to each other in what we're doing. Doing this, it changes our mindsets from being all about us to being all about Him. Because you know, we need an awareness because I need to get my eyes off myself. Because uh, if I, I start thinking about myself, well, how come this person didn't do that? Why isn't this happening for me? Why isn't that happening for me? Why haven't I got enough to do that? Why all, all of a sudden, all these things about these questions about what I don't have start to filter into my, my thinking and my brain. But if I'm focused on Him, I'll start to think about, you know what? You've made a way. I'm a breakthrough man. I know that the presence of God is on my life. I know that I'm blessed, highly favored. I'm anointed. I've got, I've got you know, there's a change. You see, see the change? See the change? So here's my heart this morning. I want to empower people this morning. I want to empower people. It's my heart to release people into their calling and their gifting today. Most of you would know that at the end of our services that you'll hear me encourage you about where you're about to head out into. The place the Father has placed you. That the week ahead of you would uh, take, you, you take the opportunity to shine for Jesus that you are the best person to reach your family, your friends, your street, your workplace, your school, your community, your sports club, your football coach, coach or your dance teacher, whatever it is. You, you hear me say that to you as at the end of most services. God has placed you in those spaces so that you can shine for him. And I say this at the end of most services, but here's the thing, okay? You have to be in the service to hear that encouragement. Okay? So let me take a moment to help some families here today. And they're probably uh, the ones that are missing today because they're out doing uh, the Father's work and, and at work for the kingdom right now in their space. So I know that there are families that have commitments on a Sunday. And please don't hear me. Right? I'm not bashing people because they're not here today. I'm trying to help people and empower people to make a shift of focus, to change a focus in how they see the reason that they're doing what they're doing. So they have, there's people with sports commitments, work commitments, family gatherings, simple recreation on a Sunday. I mean, who knows? We could have been watching the Bathurst 1000 right now. But we're here, okay? At times, these events create tension in people because you know that you won't be able to make the Sunday service here at Infused Church. Some of you may even feel guilty about that. Okay? And I believe with all my heart that our gathering together is really important. It's something that Jesus actually modeled for us. 
We read in Mark chapter 6 verse 2 that when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, in the building where they gathered. In Luke 4 verse 16, he went to Nazareth, this is talking about Jesus, where he'd been brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. This was a regular thing that Jesus did on the Sabbath day. He went to a building where there was a gathering of people who worshipped God, who listened to the word, were built up in their faith and then released to go out into their sports clubs, to go out into their football teams, to go out into their community, to have barbecues, to invite people to share the love of God with them and around about. So over and over again, we see that Jesus is in the synagogue on the Sabbath. We're even told that it was his custom to be there on that day. If Jesus felt it necessary to be in the house of God to worship and hear the word of God, then I know that it's got to be the same for you and I. Okay? It, it, that's, I'm not saying anything that's extra biblical, whatever. So here's, hear my heart about how I want to empower people today. If you have to be there, on a Sunday for a sporting event or a family meal party, whatever it is, change the focus of the reason that you do what you do at those things. Don't go just because it's your kid's football thing and that's what the kids are absolutely in your ear about going to do. Don't do that. Go rather to shine the light of Jesus. Go rather because it's an opportunity to get with other families and other children, other parents, to shine the light of Jesus. To be a representative of the kingdom of God in that community to bring light, to bring life. Don't just go there and then just think, well, it's just Sunday and I'm feeling bad, I should be in church. And I know that Pastor Gary's right now preaching a message about why I should be in church, but I'm not in church. But don't do that. Go there with the attitude that, you know what? I'm here, and I'm not here just because my kids are going to have a good time or play a sport, but I'm here to shine the light of Jesus. I'm going to make a conscious effort to actually shine and make Jesus famous in this. Now, how do we do that? That's a really good question, and we'll get into that a little bit later in this message. I just simply say, go with an awareness of the presence of God upon us to light up where we go. But I want to say this to you as well. It's not just about a Sunday that we do that. Seven days a week, we've got an opportunity to shine in our community, at our sports clubs, and the practices, in school, at work, in, our, in the shops, wherever it is. Jesus says this. He says in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world. His purpose was to bring the light of life to the darkness in people's lives. That if people followed Jesus, they would never walk in darkness ever again. Here's the deal. Because I am in Christ and Christ is in me, 
Here's the challenge and the encouragement today. In Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. So not only does Jesus tell us that he is the light of the world, he also tells us that you are the light of the world as well. When we become born again, the same light that Jesus had is now in us. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He also tells us that you are the light of the world. These two passages have the exact same meaning for our world. Okay, Unless Jesus shines, unless we shine, then the world remains in darkness. So the question becomes, what is this light that we are supposed to be? What does it mean to be? The light that Jesus talks about. Well, let me help us today. John chapter 1 verse 4 says this. In him, brackets, Jesus. So this is talking about Jesus. In Jesus was life and that life was the light of men. It means that the light we carry is actually the life of Jesus. It means that this light that illuminates us, that shines out of us, is actually the life of Jesus. We are called to reveal the life of Jesus to our world. John 10.10 says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. What Jesus has given us was never meant to be hidden. The life that he has given us was never meant to be hidden. What Jesus has given us was always meant to be shared and to be given away. Freely we have received, freely we give. We don't charge people for this. We actually give this away. We give away the life of Christ. One of the greatest ways to serve the Father is actually to reveal the life of Christ to our world. One of the greatest ways that you can serve God is by shining the brightest for him. Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world. In other words, we are life to our world. The world lives in darkness unless we shine the light of Jesus in it. Here's Gary's paraphrased version of this particular thing. The world, in other words, the people around about us, will exist in darkness. In other words, are dead. Unless we reveal the life of Christ to them. They are dead. They are going to die without the promise of eternal life happening in their lives because we didn't shine, because we didn't reveal the life of Christ to them. It gets dead serious. Get it? Dead serious. Dead joke, don't worry. Those people in our kids' sports teams, their coaches, our work colleagues, our schoolmates, our family and friends, our neighbours, and shop assistants will continue to live in darkness unless we shine. It's the people that we're talking about are those that we serve through our nature playgroup. The people that we're talking about are the ones that we serve and model the community garden through. It's the people that we serve as a part of our family fun day. I, I would encourage you as, as this church, that this family fun day that we have coming up at the end of October on the 27th, Invite your family and friends. What an incredible opportunity to have a free sausage sizzle, sizzle and some games at the end of the service. Just a thought. 
It's the people we serve at the carols in the park and the Christmas gift wrapping that we've got coming up. It's the people that we are, are, are going to have at our Christmas Eve service. Christmas Eve, it's the 24th of December, just in case you weren't aware. Our Christmas Eve service last year, I've got to tell you, we were gobsmacked. We didn't think many people were going to come out. We had a lot of families that were away and it's, um, you know, just we knew that they were going to be away. And we, I tell you, we were inundated with people. We had no clue who half of them were. But we loved them. And we shined the light of Jesus to them. That's, that's the, an opportunity that you know, God does every now and again. So I just want to say, uh, who, who are the people the Father has put us in the middle of that you need to shine for? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Jesus tells us that you can't possibly hide a city on a hill. I don't know if you, you've ever driven up the freeway of an evening when it's dark uh, and you're coming towards Mount Barker and you can see a glow over the Adelaide Hills. You can, you can see this glow as you're coming up the hill. I can't see the town of Mount Barker, but I know it's there because there's a glow. That's what your life is like. I, I can't see what's happened in your life, but I know that there's something has happened because there's a glow about you. God has put a, his life in our lives, and he wants us to shine for our lives as well. People light a candle and they use it to, to see in a room and, and as they're walking through a house. To, to light a candle and then hide it under a bowl is to defeat the very purpose that the candle was lit in the first place. Okay, I'm going to ask everyone, grab your, your candles that were given out uh, today and I'm going to ask Damien if he can kill every single light in this place right now. Thanks, Damien. All the house lights, the side lights. Now, I know it's not a completely dark room, okay? So let's just, everyone just light up your candles, okay? It makes a difference in a dark room. It makes a difference. Shining our light. Turn out your candles. See that? Big difference. Turn them on again. Okay, turn the lights on. Thanks, Damien. See? How do you, how do you blow these out? <laughs> here's, here's the thing. We were lit up to light up. Unless we light up, then people remain in darkness where there's no hope of eternal life, no freedom from sin, and no life in them. Jesus lit us up to light up for the Father. It's like saying, look what the love of God has done in this life. See the changes that have occurred because Jesus has touched this life. Look at the difference of before how I was before to how I am now. Matthew says in chapter 5, says, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In other words, 
Let your light shine before the people in our world that they may see our good deeds. In other words, our acts of service. And, and, and this is going to cause them to see, to come alive to the Father in heaven. So light up. We've been lit up to light up. No one can force you to do this. See, it says to let your light shine. That word let means to allow, to permit, to give permission, to agree to, to consent to. We've got to let this light shine. There is a conscious decision that we need to have that I'm going to let the light of God shine in and through my life. You can't force it. It's a decision that we make. Either we will give ourselves permission to shine or we won't. Either we'll agree to shine or we won't. So how do we shine? How do we light our lives up? And this next bit, I just want to dedicate to the uh, care of the courtesy of the word for today. This is today's devotion out of the word for today. This is, this is what they said about uh, shining the light of Jesus into our communities. Uh, out of Mark chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Go to your home, uh, to your people, and report to them what great things the Lord has done. This is how we light our lives up. That's through our testimony. It's through our testimony. So it's a, it's a life that can't be explained without God. Unless God did something, nothing was going to change. That's our testimony. People might dispute our theology, but our testimony is something else. I love six times Paul stood before a hostile audience, and each time he gave his personal testimony. There was no arguing, no debating. It was his story. Uh, they tell the story of Dr. David Yongi Cho, who built the world's largest church in South Korea with over one million members. He was won to Christ by a lady that he met only once. She shared her testimony with him. She went away, and Dr. Cho, who was a former Buddhist, never saw her again. But the result of her sharing her testimony of shining for Jesus was that there was over a, a massive church that was built in South Korea. Who's the one person you need to shine for? Who's the one person that you need to shine for? How do we share our story? Well, here's four things that will help us. Number one, be interesting. Don't be boring. Don't be boring. Give them the short version. Okay? I'm just going to talk to the details, people. All right? I'm a big picture person, okay? Just, just headlines, all right? That's all I need. Don't, I don't need the detail. I just want the headlines, okay? We're going to have salmon tonight for tea, okay? I don't want the details. Well, you see, I saw that this, this, uh, this flyer, this brochure I saw that was from Foodland, and it had in there, they've got really great specials at Foodland, and quite often we go there to do a lot of our cheaper shopping because we, we really enjoy the food there. The atmosphere in the shop is amazing. I don't know if you've ever been in Foodland, but it's a lovely shop to go and shopping in. It's, it's really well lit. And uh, do you understand what I'm talking about, details and headlines? Okay, you know those detail persons in your life. Okay. I love them. They're, they have a great and wonderful place in, in our lives. And I'm serious about that. I need detailed people in my life. But when I'm sharing my story, I just need to be interesting. And I'm not saying that details people aren't interesting. I'm just saying make your story interesting. Secondly, be specific. Talk about how it used to be, how you met Jesus, and how it is now. How, how easy is that? Thirdly, be honest. Be real. 
Don't say to them, all your problems will disappear when you come to Jesus. I've got to tell you right now, all your problems are about to start. Because <laughs> now you've got to forgive the person that hurt you. Because now you've got to love the person that stabbed you in the back. Oh, but that's getting a bit real, so I can't do that. Be warm. Don't arm wrestle them, okay? Uh, we, this is... Um, it's, it's not... Just love them into the kingdom. Be gracious. Okay? Be warm. Leave the harvest up to God. Just sow the seed. Leave the harvest up to God. See, when we've been lit up to light up, to shine for Jesus, here's the next best thing. This is great. You're going to love this. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You'll be given power to shine. You'll be given power to light up. Suddenly... You'll have the power of the Holy Spirit running through you. You'll have ideas. You'll get words for people, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. There'll be a prophetic gift come upon your life. You'll have the gift for faith, faith to believe for a miracle in a person's life. You'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You'll start to see the power of the Holy Spirit come alive in and through you. You'll see things that, about this person's life that you never thought, no matter, am I right? And you start to step out in faith because the Spirit of God gives you the unction to step out in faith. And you start to say some things about their lives and they're saying to you have you been standing outside of my kitchen window how did you know that about my life it's because the spirit of god is on you he's giving you the power to be a witness to shine for jesus i love what paul says to the colossians church he says in chapter 1 verse 28 to 29 so tell others about christ in other words shine for jesus warning and teaching everyone with all the wisdom that god's given us in other words switch on in the moment, be aware of his, con his presence. Be conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit. But don't chuck your brain out. Okay, just, just be there in the moment and follow the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Don't be flaky. Okay, be real. But use wisdom when you're talking to someone who doesn't know Christ about Christ. Okay, so you get that there. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Not only do we have the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, but we've got the power of God working for us on the inside as well. Just as the musos come back. We have the Father, Son and Holy Spirit at work within us, giving us the power to serve our world by revealing the light and life of God to it. Can I tell you right now, this has nothing to do with being perfect or having it all together in your life because it's not about your life, it's about the life of Christ. It's as simple as I can make it. It's not about how perfect you are or how good you are or how amazing you are. It's about the love of Jesus Christ for the people that we're talking with. Our blueprint for life as a church, it's got to flow out of his presence, church. It's got to flow out of the presence of God. If we're, we're genuine and want to see this community, your community, wherever you live, if we want, we want to see your workplace, one for Jesus, we want to see your school on fire rather than going out into the football oval at, at lunchtime, but gathering together, and praying for the souls of the other students and the teachers in your school. 
seeing a revival sweep through your school, seeing a, a jails emptied of prisoners because there's been such a radical change, seeing the hospitals emptied of sick people because they've been healed by people who wanted to shine for Jesus. If we want to see the drug centers in our community closed down, the meth labs closed down, if we want to see people who are struggling with depression and, and anxiety just healed in the name of Jesus, we've got to shine. We've got to come into the presence of God and we've got to shine for Jesus because it's His life that we're promoting. It's not our life that we're promoting. Be released from trying to be perfect. Be released this morning from trying to think that you have to have it all together, that you have to have all the theological arguments. No, just have a testimony. Just have a testimony. I was like this, I've met Jesus, and now I'm like this. Just, just start to talk to them about your story. Once I was without hope, and now I've got hope. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, but now I see. Once I was depressed, but now I have the joy of the Lord as my strength. Once, you, know, I, I, you don't have to have any other story other than your testimony this morning. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your might, your power. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you right now. We thank you that you're moving, you're hovering. You're, 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 you're hovering over us, Lord God. I thank you that you're hovering over us. You're moving amongst us even now. I thank you that you're touching bodies. I thank you that you're touching bodies now in Jesus' name. That pain and sickness goes in Jesus' name. I pray for depression to lift off people in Jesus' name this morning. I pray for, for uh, blood pressure to come down to be normalized, Lord, in Jesus. I pray for heart disease to be healed in Jesus' name. I pray for skin cancers to go in the name of Jesus. I pray for cancers to go in Jesus' name. I pray for backs to be healed. I pray for shoulders to be healed. I pray for arthritis to go in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, for knees and ligaments to be healed, to be repaired in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, for, for uh, your touch in people's lives. I pray for blindness and, and uh, stuff with eyes to, to be healed, Lord. I pray for hearing to be opened up and to be here, that we can hear clearly, Lord God. I pray for tiredness to go and for strength and refreshing to come, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray for reconciliation in families. I pray for loved ones who are away from God to come back to God in Jesus' name. Lord, shine through us this morning in the name of Jesus, I pray. Come, shine your light through us. Release your anointing in this place right now in Jesus' name. Cast off every darkness. Cast off everything that will stop us from sharing the story of Jesus in and around about us. Give us a testimony, Lord, that we can share with people around about us in our workplace this week, in our schools, in our sports clubs, Lord, in Jesus' name today. Father, that you'd move through us. You'd use us in a way that you've never used us before. Give us a way of putting together our testimony that we can share it with those people around about us today in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your goodness over your people. In Jesus' name today. In Jesus' name today. In Jesus' name today. I just would encourage you. just felt like a statement come into my mind, into my heart. And I feel like it'd be good for us to say it. 
And the statement is simply this. I can do this because you've got me. I can do this because you've got me. Lord, I can do this because, Lord, you've got me. Lord, I can do this. I can shine for you because it's your life I'm sharing. Lord, I can do that. I can be a person who shares the light of Jesus, the life of Christ, wherever I go, because, Lord, you've got me. I am yours. You are mine. You live in me. I live in you. Lord, I can do this because you've got me in Jesus' name. Amen.